1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's an to McCaffrey. There he goes. It's a attack. McCaffrey will make the beat. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network Our eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And welcome into a Friday edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Desmond Johnson and Sports Illustrated, Skylar Callahan, in the house of victory. Friday, Skylar, uh, I can get used to this. The Panthers are three and zero after going down to Houston and defeating the Texans on Thursday night football. Uh, instant reactions, and we'll get to our takeaways from this game. Uh, we got a lot to get into. I know everyone's interested in finding out uh, an injury report. So, Skyler, I'm going to kick it to you first. Uh, what have you heard first the latest on cornerback uh, J.C. Horn?
0: Yeah, so J.C. Horn, it, it looks like he has multiple broken bones in that foot. And I, I think they, the fear initially was it might be a Liz Frank injury, and usually that typically means you're going to be out for the season uh earlier reports are coming I think Ian Rappaport tweeted this as well that he is uh likely to miss two to three months which is not ideal uh but it's not necessarily season ending so there is a chance where he could come back in the final couple of weeks of the season where that the Panthers obviously have that tough stretch of four games don't know how quickly he's going to be able to kind of get back into the into into the thick of things but I wouldn't be shocked if he's out for the year, but luckily for Carolina, they do have A.J. Boye, who will be he was inactive last night, but he will be back uh, next week against Dallas. They have Rashawn Melvin, so they have a couple of guys that can step up. They played a ton of football in the NFL, so they're in a much better position uh, for, for, for this to happen, I guess, than they were a year ago if something like this were to happen to say, you know, I don't know, Dante Jackson was out for the entire year or something. So they're in a much better position.
1: Yeah, I, you know, that was actually a thought that crossed my mind when uh, I saw he couldn't put any weight on that foot. And I was thinking, about, I was like, oh, man, what are we going to do? And I thought, about, I was like, wait a minute, we have A.J. Boye on this uh, yeah. on this uh, roster, who a former pro bowler uh, not that long ago with the, uh, Jacksonville, I believe it was, when uh, yeah, Jacksonville yeah. was in the playoffs a couple of years back. Uh, he was one of the cornerbacks opposite um, – uh, I forgot his name. Uh, they traded him to the Rams, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Um, so I, uh, I didn't feel like that one hurt as much, but then of course uh, the bigger uh, injury news uh, that the NFL world world's talking about today is the injury to Christian McCaffrey that happened in the second quarter. Uh, I-, I was looking around before we got on here to see if there was any updates on it. The only thing I can see is that he strained his hamstring. I know you're, you're kind of deeper into the, uh, the press box and everything uh, in your role at sports illustrated. What have you heard Skyler, in terms of, uh, the injury to, to Christian McCaffrey. Yes.
0: Yeah, so right now they're, they're kind of uncertain as to what exactly th- the injury is. Uh, they know it's a hamstring. They know it's a pool. Uh, they don't really know the extent of it or the severity of it. He's going to go and un- undergo an MRI, I believe either today or tomorrow to get it further examined. And they'll have a better understanding of as to how long he could be out. Um, but like we were talking before the show, this could be something where it was just a minor thing, and they they played the the safe conservative side and just said we're going to save him for next week, or it could be something that was you know could be out for the next four or five weeks. We have no idea. Um, my initial reaction was it had to have been somewhat serious because it seemed like. The moment he exited exited the game, it was only a, a, sh- a short few minutes later that they ruled him out for the entire game. So, to me, that was kind of a warning flag that this is something serious, and I, I don't know if he's going to be back next week for Dallas. Um, obviously, the scare is, you know, the injuries that he had last year, are those going to creep back up again this year? I think with a healthy Christian McCaffrey – I think you can get by without having J.C. Horn. Obviously, it's not ideal, but I think you can get by with that. I don't know that this Panthers team can continue to win football games and stay competitive in the NFC South without Christian McCaffrey. I think they need him to be available, and that's going to be a big part as we move forward here. So it, it's going to be an interesting development over the next couple of days, and even really over the next couple of hours, we're supposed to be talking about rule right here at 3 o'clock, so hopefully we'll have an update by then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we will have another uh, new episode of Believe in Panthers uh, next week. We'll preview uh, the Panthers' upcoming matchup. They got to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dallas is going to be playing Philly. On uh, I think it's either Sunday night football or, or Monday night football. I can't remember which one it is. It's a it's a uh, it's Monday night. So they host Philly on Monday night. Um, the Cowboys one and one on the season so far. Uh, I, I wanted to get into our takeaways from the game, and uh, let's we'll just stay right there with the McCaffrey injury. I I noticed that uh, it was almost like the Panthers were punch drunk from the second quarter into about halfway through the third quarter, where they kind of lost their identity on offense uh, in terms of. McCaffrey not being there. Uh, it's like they couldn't figure out what to do. Houston's defense kind of got emboldened by it. And uh, for a little stretch there, it was like the Panthers offense didn't know what to do. But my takeaway from that was that um, Sam Darnold was taken over as a leader of this team, which is what I was looking for. And and without McCaffrey on the field, they had to kind of look at Darnold uh, to, to lead them. And he did. He had two rushing touchdowns in this game. Uh, I, I just saw that he has the second most y'all passing yards over the first three games of a season in NFL history. The only person who uh, has thrown for more yards during the first three games of a season is Kurt Warner uh, with the Rams, wow. I believe, in 99. Yeah. So, and even that, Warner only outthrew him by like 12 yards or something like that. Uh, Donald's sitting on like 300, uh, excuse me, like 880 some yards in the first uh, three weeks of the season. So he's, he's tearing it up. 300 yards last night. Um, he, just basically kind of took over the game offensively once they realized they weren't going to have McCaffrey back out there 23 for 34 304 yards two rushing touchdowns uh the offense was clicking and uh I'll I'll save my takeaways for the defense here for another take um what was one of your takeaways from uh this 24 to 9 uh victory the Panthers moving to 3 and 0 Yeah, I got to agree. You know, Sam Darnold looked
0: fantastic. And I think, you know, everyone's going to say, well, there's no touchdowns. He didn't need to do it. Um, And and I think he just looked – he looks like a completely different quarterback because, again, some of those throws that he made in New York, he would have made last night. He would have made in the previous two weeks. He has been very, very careful with the football. He's made really good decisions. A couple of questionable ones, but for the most part, he's taken really good care of the ball. And that's what you want to have with Sam Darnold. That's basically has been his biggest knock. But – Um, My biggest takeaway was the offensive line. I mean, this is kind of a weekly theme here, Desmond. (laughs) I I think (laughs) my eyes are constantly on the offensive line, and I look at the stat sheet. You know, Houston racked up three sacks, five quarterback hits, but it seemed like a heck of a lot more. Um, Sam Darnold was under duress almost the entire night, had pressure in his face, had to step up, make throws, evade pressure, make throws on the run, and he took a beating. But, I mean, he – Stuck in there, he showed guts, and I thought that was what really impressed me about Sam Donald the most, the, the willingness to continue to just stand in there and take shots and deliver completions. I thought it was just phenomenal. But Carolina, I mean, like I said, this is a problem for them, the offensive line. And I think even the bigger problem was Taylor Moten looked awful last night. I mean, there was, I believe, two, at at, at least two, maybe three times where he just got beat back. And it wasn't like a special crazy move or anything that the DN did. It was just he just got beat. And you can't have that from your best offensive lineman um if you, yeah, I you that play. play the games. But the offensive line's got to be something they got to fix next offseason. Don't know how it's going to get any better this year.
1: If I'm not mistaken, the Panthers will have the most salary cap space of any team in the league uh, when they get to the offseason. So they will have money to play with to fix the offensive line. I have to think this is by design, you know, with them drafting so heavily, all their picks on defense, uh, you know, two offseasons ago. And then this past draft using a lot of it on uh, defense. uh, I mean, the proof's in the pudding that they have the best defense in the league because of it. So maybe they thought maybe if they could fix the defense first, they could kind of get around to getting the offensive line to where they wanted it to be. I have to hope there's some sort of plan there, but uh, yeah, I agree. The offensive line, uh, they got to figure out what they're doing with that, especially with McCaffrey gone, because McCaffrey can make guys miss when there's nothing there. Uh, right. Hubbard, the, the wor- you know, it's it's the word's still out there in terms of, can he do that? And he did finally get lathered up a little bit last night, ended up running, I think it was 11 carries for like 55 yards, had a couple of catches, and the offense started to loosen up a little bit too once he was able to kind of find some holes. He's not going to probably break as many runs as a McCaffrey would, but I think he'll be a suitable substitute for however long that McCaffrey might be out. Uh, speaking of McCaffrey, that's my really my biggest takeaway from this. Cause when I woke up this morning and made the mistake of going on social media to kind of just <laughs> see the, the vibe of everything. Uh, and of course the haters are out and uh, they were like, well, see, we told you so you're using McCaffrey too much. And then he gets hurt. He's injury prone, blah, blah, blah. He got hurt on a non-contact play where if you look at it, it looks like he was trying to do something himself. He was trying to stutter step or something. Me. Yeah. I didn't think he hurt himself either. I, I, actually, you know, it was funny when it actually happened in real time. My, I, my reaction was what was that? Because he kind of, it was something he didn't normally do. It was almost like he jumped in the air to kind of get a, like a, a bounce. And then like when he jumped, it's almost like a, a Bo Jackson type entry. Whereas his, his legs were so big that he just, his hamstring just kind of pulled or whatnot. So it wasn't so much that they were using him so much and he got hit so much. And that's why he got hurt. He kind of got hurt on a freak injury because his legs are so powerful that he basically pulled his own hamstring jumping off the ground. <laughs> you know, like it's just one of those weird freak injuries. Same with Horn. Horn was on a non-contact in, uh, uh, play as well, And uh, it made me think maybe there's something with the turf at Reliant because both times it was like Horn's foot kind of got stuck in the ground. It felt like. And McCaffrey was almost bouncing off the turf when he jump to do that whatever he was trying to do, that juke move or whatever in the air. Um, I'm not as worried about McCaffrey yet. I'll, of course, when they you know, run some tests or when we see what's going on, if there's a tear or something, then yeah, of course I'm going to be concerned. But if this is strained, it's another soft tissue injury that he was dealing with last year. Could be out a couple of weeks, could be out eight weeks. I mean, we don't really know. But I think they're better equipped to move on without McCaffrey this year than they were last year because the defense last year – was just a hole inside of a dam. Like, they just couldn't stop anybody. And without McCaffrey, it made it worse where they couldn't get teams off the field. That's not the same this year. This this Panther defense, I said it last week. I was going to be the first one to come out there and say they're not good. They're elite. They went out and proved it last night. And I don't care that they've played two rookie quarterbacks in the past three weeks. I don't care that the Saints – didn't have their assistant coaches or whatever <laughs> like none of that matters to me they are three and0 they have beaten three NFL teams uh a road victory a night game if you're a panther fan you dread night games because normally we suck in the in the evening I don't know why we play horribly at night but uh, a Philly game from a couple years ago still haunts me um we play bad against divisional foes at night. So I went into this game a little apprehensive, like, you know, what are we going to do? Because it's a nighttime game and we usually suck at nighttime games. And it was starting to trend that way with the injuries and everything, but they turned it around. And uh, I feel like they're better equipped now after I've slept on it. They're better equipped to move forward, looking at the schedule and everything. If McCaffrey has to miss time, this was the stretch of time where you can kind of get by with it because the second half of the schedule is pretty brutal.
0: Absolutely. I mean, like we have this. This schedule has been something that we've talked about a, a number of times because of how it's set up. I mean, the first eight nine games are very favorable for Carolina. So, I mean, if if there is going to be an extended miss, a period of time where Kim McCaffrey misses, this is where you want to miss it, not the four games at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think I, I still do believe that the Panthers can win without McCaffrey. I think they can be a, a playoff contending team without him, but they're going to need him back at some point. I mean, y- I mean, yes, they are 3-0, and and yes, I do give credit to the defense because they have looked good. I don't think it, it really mattered necessarily who they played because that defense just looks like it, it it's a completely different level right now. But the reality is they've played two rookie quarterbacks and a dismantled Saints defense. The road is about to get really tough because you're going to play a very challenging team in Dallas. Philly's kind of a tricky game. Minnesota's not a bad team. Things are going to get really interesting. I think if they continue to win games against these types of teams, then I think you really know what you have in Matt Rule because I think that just goes to show they can still win games against really good teams without maybe their best player.
1: So, and, and yeah, and I was going to say with the, uh, those three games you mentioned, Dallas is on the road. Uh, Philly and Minnesota are actually at Bank of America stadium. Uh, 1 p.m. kickoff, which we tend to do well in for some reason. Uh, and then <laughs> they have the Giants and the Falcons after that. Those are both on the road, but the Giants are a dumpster fire and the Falcons are whatever's underneath the dumpster fire. So <laughs> it, it, it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Philly, Minnesota, those are tricky games. By well, It's time we get past week six. If the Panthers are sitting at five and one or six and oh after week six, with the Giants and Falcons and the Patriots with a rookie quarterback. Then you get to Arizona at Arizona, Kyler Murray kind of playing lights out. Then it starts getting a little tricky because you start getting into like Miami and Buffalo, Tampa, Tampa twice <laughs> two out of the yeah. last three weeks of the year. So, yeah, so if they, they got to stack them up now. And we've said that before that they need to stack up wins and they're doing that very thing. But uh, we'll try to see what's going to um, happen with McCaffrey. Uh, did you have another takeaway from uh, what you saw last night?
0: Uh yes yeah, so my I think my only other takeaway other than the, the abysmal offensive line was just the the uh, connection between Sam Darnold and DJ Moore I mean he was heavily targeted in this game mm-hmm. and continued to go his way time and time again but I think even the bigger storyline is where's Robbie Anderson at I mean I know some of these plays are are maybe designed to go to him or he's the first read in, in Sam's progressions or, or 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 something like that but for some reason, Robbie Anderson has been very limited in these first three games. He has not got a lot of touches. He has not been targeted a lot, and it seems like he's kind of disappeared. I don't know what that is. Um, I'd have to kind of go back and watch each game, game by game, to see where, you know, where Robbie is on these plays if he's open. I know that Sam missed a couple of a, a big opportunities downfield. I think one may have been to Robbie that he just didn't even mm-hmm. see. Yeah. Um, but I don't understand where Robbie Anderson is. I, I, I would assume that that's going to kind of change here in the, in the next couple of weeks, especially against Dallas. If you have you no know Christian McCaffrey, you're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. So I'm not ready to hit the panic button just yet on Robbie Anderson, but it's starting to be a little concerning through three games.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I had that thought probably around about the second quarter. I was like, where is Robbie Anderson? Like, we haven't really seen him a whole lot, you know, in terms of being targeted, and they were targeting DJ Moore. But, again, it was a little soft spot in the middle of the field that the Texans were just leaving wide open, and Moore was just getting in there every time, and he was just open, like, 15 yards down the field. Like, it's kind of the same logic with McCaffrey, where people are saying, why are you giving it to him so much? Well, he's open. <laughs> I mean, he's open all the time. So, I mean, if he's open all the time, why wouldn't I give it to him? So, um, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, my last takeaway was that the Panthers are going to be in some ugly games over the next three or four weeks without McCaffrey <laughs> because they they won't have the ability to. They're still they still I still like the way the team is constructed so far. Uh, it's and one of the linemen I think it was Cam Irvin after the game said you know that they're a football team they're not the Carolina Christian McCaffrey So I totally agree with that statement. Like it's not about one guy, but when one guy is like eighty percent of the offensive touches that you have. It's a little jarring when he's not in there, and you have to readjust on the fly. They'll have a week to do well, longer than a week to do that for Dallas. So I think they'll come in with a pretty good game plan. I was very impressed with Joe Brady's pr- uh, play calling, especially in the first quarter, uh, that first touchdown drive. Uh, just some of the, the schemes they were doing, and, and some of the, uh, the the running plays they were doing. The, not really trickery, just kind of sleight of hand type stuff, uh, making everybody go one direction, you're going the other. Um, I was really impressed with that. And I was impressed with their play call in the fourth quarter where they basically put the ball in Sam Darnold's hands and was just like just go, you know, they're go win, win it good. for us. Yeah. And and he did. Uh Brady How about, uh, Tommy Tremble, the uh the Jets. Oh, yeah. That was great. That, that was actually one of the plays where I stood, I was like, wow, that was a great play call. Uh so yeah. they're they're trying to get these guys that they drafted these these playmakers in positions to succeed, which I really respect. So it's not, I guess because I slept on it. The I don't feel as bad as I did last night when the game was over, and I shouldn't feel bad because they won. <laughs> but I woke up this morning like, you know what? We got a couple extra days to kind of heal up. We got some guys coming in that haven't even played yet. The defense is playing lights out. Like they are, they are playing at a historic level. Um, I actually went and grabbed the uh, somebody posted it online, and I went and grabbed the. Uh, the meme from it because of the info when it was just too good to pass up the, uh the Panthers as it stands right now, if I could find the picture uh they, they are on a pace where they have allowed the fewest yards through three games. Uh, it's the lowest for any team since like 1992. And that was the Philadelphia Eagles. And if you remember that team, that was a team that had Reggie white and uh, oh my God, Jerome Brown. Uh, Like they were terrorizing the, the NFC East. Um, that season. They didn't even win the division, actually. The Redskins won. Uh, uh, no, 92, the Cowboys won uh, that that division, the NFC uh, East, but I just thought that was a crazy stat that, you know, it's funny when you have a plan and you put the plan in action and then the plan actually works, and that's kind of what the Panthers are, are witnessing right now. They had a plan two years ago when Matt Rule came in, and they were going to rebuild his defense from the top down or from the bottom up, and it's taken two off-seasons, two drafts, but they kind of have, and uh, finally, we should give our flowers as Panther fans to Marty Herney, the previous GM, because because <laughs> this always happens to him when he leaves his franchise. He's kind of responsible for a lot of the players that are still on this team. He drafted them, just like in 2015. People were giving Dave Gelman all this credit. Marty Herney drafted the majority of that team. Dave Gelman yeah. filled in the back end, like the he was getting secondary guys off the street and like he had like Fozzie Whitaker in the backfield and guys at wide receiver that had no business starting in the NFL. And, that, but the core of that team, Luke keekley Thomas Davis, Cam Newton, uh, Greg Olson, who was traded by Marty Herney over uh, t- to the team uh, lineman. Like he, Marty Herney drafted that team. And if you really look at this roster, about half of it probably was through Marty Herney. Marty Herney was just here last draft. I mean, like he, he had a hand in that, all defensive draft he was here for it so uh, i want to give some flowers to him because he does deserve that i'm surprised he hasn't been picked up by another team in some sort of front office role
0: yeah i think the the biggest thing really is when you look at that defensive side of the ball and you look at how many of those young players are very early in their career so i mean you look at a guy like jc horn you look at jeremy chin Derek brown uh Eitor y- Gross Matos, um, those guys, I, they're, they're not even close to, you know, having their contract right now. So it's not like there's going to have to be a, a ton of money being spent in the next couple of years on those guys. So that's even better news because they can go and fill other spots they need, like the offensive line this upcoming offseason. I know Brian Burns is probably the next guy up to get his contract extended. But after that, I mean, you know, Sha- I believe Shaq's under contract for at least maybe two more years. I have to do some uh, research on that one, but I mean, most of that defense they're they're pretty much under contract, and you know, I mean, there's a couple of guys here and there, but for the most part, they're not going to have to dish out a ton of money anytime soon, at least at that side of the ball.
1: Yeah, and with even like with um, on the offensive side, DJ Moore is kind of in a contract year. Uh, did they extend his fifth year? I can't remember if they did or didn't. I bl- you know I can't remember off the top of my head, but I don't oh, think oh, they oh, have. Yeah.
0: But I think yeah, they are. I, I don't think contract talks.
1: And then uh, I want to say, didn't they extend Robbie? Or no? I think he's final yeah, like year. They extended Robbie. Yeah, they did extend Robbie. They gave him like two more years or something like that. So he's in there. Uh, Darnold's in his fifth year. I know they gave him his fifth year like the day after the draft. Uh, they they signed him to a, his fifth year extension. So he's good for next year at least. Um, and then really again. They're going to have the most money salary cap wise uh, at the end of the season. than Any other team, they'll have money to play with to be able to bring in guys if they want or to use it to sign their own players. Uh, Shaq just signed a deal last year. So he's in McCaffrey signed his deal last year. So I really like how they're they're, they're kind of keeping their money uh, in house and doing that. So uh, lots of things to be happy about. I don't want Panther fans to be all sad because of the McCaffrey injury or anything like that. It's just it's one player. I know he's like a top five player, but it's just one player and uh, they'll be able to continue on the defense playing the way it's playing should have any Panther fan excited uh, going forward. And I'm looking forward to seeing them against Dallas because Dallas has an offense and a quarterback that can drop 400 yards on you at, at any given moment and that Prescott. So this will be the first real test that this Panther defense has had uh, maybe save the saints, but uh, this Cowboys offense should be a little bit more formidable. We'll, we'll preview that. Um, at the beginning of next week.
0: Yeah, I think really, if, if for Panthers fans that are kind of down about the, the McCaffrey news, I mean, rightfully so. But if if I had to help, <laughs> this is one way I'd put it. If you if, if I were to tell you that the Panthers were three and zero without Christian McCaffrey, now obviously McCaffrey got hurt in the third game, so obviously he had a part in those, those first two wins. But if you were three and zero and you didn't have Christian McCaffrey, had the league's best defense by far, would you take that or zero and three with McCaffrey? Exactly. I, I don't a lot of people would take three uh, and <laughs> without McCaffrey and a really good defense. So we'll see what happens. But I think when when you have a defense that good, and I think you have an upgrade at quarterback, you've got a chance even without McCaffrey. Teams, I, I know McCaffrey is a special player, but outside of a couple of those running backs like McCaffrey and Kamara, running backs are a dime a dozen. I, I yes. think they just need to be able to, you know. Keep defenses honest, and Sam Darnold is going to have to continue to to take more steps in in his development. But I think he can.
1: It's almost like we we've gotten spoiled by having McCaffrey. But yeah, really, honestly, other than twenty seventeen, we haven't made the playoffs with McCaffrey. And to your point, that's exactly right. I'd much rather be three and zero with McCaffrey. You know, maybe missing some games. Than zero and three, and McCaffrey just touching the ball ninety five percent of the time and putting up crazy stats, but we're losing every game by like six points at the end or whatever, like it was last year. Yeah. Um, I, now I will uh, say this for Panther fans, uh, just maybe to get you a little hyped a little bit. The last uh, two times the well, the only two times I believe the Panthers have started uh, three and zero were twenty fifteen and two thousand three. Both times the Panthers advanced to the Super Bowl. So. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying yeah. it's out there. They're three and oh, so yeah. yeah. Hey. It, it, crazier things have happened. And in both of those seasons, after they were three and oh, no one picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Like it was, it was all excuses. Oh, well they played such and such or, oh, well uh, they didn't have this player or that player. They're the worst. I remember this take. They're the worst 10 and oh team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like I still remember that from, uh, from 2015. So We'll uh we'll we'll stop it there. We'll be back next week at our regular time, and we'll preview uh, the Panthers and uh, Cowboys as well as kind of take a look around the league at uh, this weekend's games. Got a lot of big ones. There's a, a big one that'll have uh, ramifications in our division. Tampa Bay going to L.A. to take on the Rams, and that all of a sudden has become a huge matchup. So, uh, we'll we'll look at all of that then. Until then. For Scholar Callahan, for Sports Illustrated, I'm Desmond Johnson from Tobacco Road Sports Radio. You've been listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We'll check with you early next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.